you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 295 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, I am talking about the A's 8-4 win over the Angels. They got a sweep. <laughs> oh, man, that has not happened recently or, you know, this season in a traditional three-game series. And so the A's did it. They're kings of baseball uh, by beating the Angels. Uh, and then in the second segment, I'm going to be talking about a couple of tweets that were sent that, uh, you know, were interesting to me. One was from Ben Ross. One was a series of tweets from Ryan Spader. Uh, I've got some thoughts on each of those. And then in the third segment, I'm talking about a couple of stats that have stood out to me from both Diolis Guerra and James Caprillian. So uh, the James Caprillian stat leads nicely into this weekend series against the New York Yankees. So you're not going to want to miss that. But before I get into anything else, make sure to tune into the Locked On MLB podcast hosted by your pal Sully, my pal Sully too. Uh, he reached out to me. I'm going to be talking to him on Sunday. And I assume being on the Monday episode of Locked On MLB talking about the Oakland Athletics. Uh, finally, national media is paying attention to the A's. What a time to be alive. But uh, also follow us uh, wherever you like hearing podcasts. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And uh, if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. We also just passed 800 followers on Twitter, which is almost as many as my personal account. So I'm getting a little bit like, hey, guys, let's follow me too. <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun. But uh, thank you to everybody that follows us on uh, Twitter. I thoroughly enjoy, especially innings like the sixth inning against the Angels on Wednesday. Oh, man, those were some fun tweets to send. Uh, yeah, let's get into that game, though. The A's win 8-4 to four because they had a sixth run, sixth inning. It's their biggest, or it tied their the most runs scored that they have had in an inning this season with six. So that that was good. Uh, the A's were actually down 4 to nothing in this game early. And uh, yeah, then, you know, Ramon Laureano, he was activated uh, from both the IL and also activated for this game because he robbed a home run. Would it have gone over the fence? I'm not sure. But he robbed a home run and then he also hit a solo bomb. So yeah, Ramon Laureano, pure activation, love seeing him back in the green and gold uh, when they were like, yeah, we just got to see how he runs the bases on Tuesday and then we'll determine whether or not we're going to activate him. I'm like... Ramon Laureano, the guy who doesn't leave Bob Melvin alone and, you know, is always bouncing off the walls. You're going to see if he can run bases real quick. Yeah, I think he'll pass that test, but uh, I didn't want to jinx it by saying it ahead of time. I just thought that that was hilarious. I'm like, so yeah, he's coming back this week. Cool, cool, cool. And he he had a great game in his first game back. So did uh, uh, Chad Pender. He had a nice big hit in a pinch hit spot. Uh, he had an RBI in this game. Nice to see Chad Pender 
feeling okay and being able to, you know, drive one through the left side. So good job on him. Matt Olson in this game went three for four. He had a run and his 49th RBI on the season. And if he gets a hit in his next at bat, specifically his next at bat, he will be an even 300 hitter. He's a career 256 hitter. He will be hitting 300 on the season. And if you if you had said, you know, Matt Olson's going to lead the league in home runs, I'm like, yeah, I believe that. That, that makes sense. If you're going to say he can cut down on the strikeout rate a little bit, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. If you told me he was going to be a 300 hitter, I would have called you a liar because I've seen Matt Olson play for like four years now. And I'm like, that guy doesn't hit 300, but uh, he does now. He has been amazing. Vote for him for the All-Star Game. Uh, I am, I've am i been starting to put my money where my mouth is. Not necessarily actual money, but I've been voting for him uh, the last three days now. So uh, do the same. I, I'm going to tweet out the link every day for you guys. So if you follow us on Twitter, look out for the link. And you can just follow that and vote for Olsen, uh, Loriano Canna. I also voted for Tony Kemp just because he's been really good. Is he like an all-star? No, maybe not necessarily, but he's been really, really good. And if an A's player is playing fairly well and I can make kind of an argument for him, I will vote for them. Uh, like shortstop, I know that Elvis Andrews has been great and I talk about him all the time. I can't justify putting Elvis Andrews in the all-star game. I'm sorry. I just can't do that. So I did not vote for him. I forget who I did vote for, but it doesn't matter. And then at second base, uh, I voted for, you know, old old pal Marcus Simeon. So uh, it, there's a lot of A's representation on my ballot, uh, at, at least the, the most recent one. The other one had a little bit less. The, l- last night's had Tony Camp and Mark Canna and Ramon Laureano and uh, Matt Olson. It had everybody. And if I could vote for pitchers, oh, man, everybody would be on there, too. But uh, we don't get to vote on that, so that kind of stinks. But uh, let's talk about just a, a few other things that happened or that have happened for the A's in the last like few weeks just because the A's in June they are now 12 and 2 and on the season they are 7 and 3 against the Angels which is fantastic because the Angels are you know always that vaunted team and before I get into it the the Angels have not played with Mike Trout against the A's this season but is he going to, he, he might've actually swayed a game or two in that way, but still seven and three against the angels who other than the Astros are the expected to be the other good team in this division. So uh, you love seeing seven and three out the gate against the angels. They got nine more against them. We'll see how they play with Mike Trout, but they're out to a very nice start against a pretty decent team. And they had come in extremely hot. They had won six in a row and then the A's swept them. So you love seeing that from the Oakland A's. Um, this is also the first time oh, Cole Irvin start. Uh, he went five and two thirds and gave up four earned runs. And that is the first time in 10 games that an A's starting pitcher had given up more than two earned runs. Uh, keep a hold of that one for just a minute because it's going to come back in the third segment for just a minute because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question. But um, yeah, the, the A's starting staff has been fantastic, These, especially this entire month. But overall, they've been pretty, pretty good. So you, you love seeing that. And uh, the the stretch that I talked about uh, three, three and a half weeks ago, I said that the A's got 25 games coming up, coming up. They should be able to get a bunch of wins. Let's see how they do. They're facing the Angels. They're facing the Mariners for their first time. They've got the, you know, uh, the Royals, the, the Rockies. These are games that the A's should and can win, or you know, can and should. Let's put them in that order. And I said if they can go like 18 and seven, that's going to put them in a very, very nice spot. Well, the the series or that 
stretch of games is now at an end, and they went 17-8, and eight, so I was off by one because the Mariners were slightly more pesky than I thought they would be. But um, yeah, the A's went 17-8 and eight in that 25-game stretch, which is fantastic. They still don't have a huge cushion against the Houston Astros, but uh, they do get to face some tougher competition now. You're going to see how good the A's actually are over the next, you know, three weeks leading up to the All-Star break. They got a series against the Yankees this weekend. The Yankees haven't been the juggernaut team that, you know, we've come to expect, but they're still, you know, the New York friggin' Yankees, and they're going to the Bronx. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup from an A's perspective. No Garrett Cole on the on the docket, so that's very nice for A's fans. And, you know, hopefully the A's win two out of three in that series. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros will be facing the Chicago White Sox. So hopefully the White Sox, uh, I don't know, blow up the Astrodome. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm expecting, but hopefully the A's can gain a game. Uh, if they win two out of three or sweep the Yankees, then hopefully, uh, you know, Chicago does something similar to the Astros. But uh, moving on, they also got, uh, you know, a series that basically the next three weeks, they got 10 games against the Texas Rangers. So no matter who else is on the docket, you, you still got 10 against the, the Texas Rangers. And if the A's can go seven and three against those guys too, then you're looking pretty good overall. Uh, it gives you a little bit of leeway if you can just kind of go 500 or maybe a few games above 500 to get into the all-star break. And then, uh, you know, the trade deadline's right around the corner from there and you see what happens. But you got uh, the Yankees, the Red Sox at home. You got uh, the Houston Astros are another series. I believe that one's at home. Uh, I may be mistaken. And uh, there's also uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend against the Yankees, but the one after that, they're placing the, uh, the San Francisco Giants who also have the most wins in baseball along with the Oakland A's. Uh, they Both teams, there are now four teams with 43 wins, the A's being one of those teams. Uh, I think that other teams' winning percentages are slightly higher because the A's have played a game or two more, but the A's still have the wins, and you can't take those away. So the A's have been fantastic. Um, and just since the 13-game the win streak, I went over and I looked – uh, I, I, I combed through the schedule and I was like, how, how have they been doing this? And obviously, you know, you win six games in a row, it, you're going to be helping your odds quite a bit. But they've also been avoiding long losing streaks, which is something that they did not do to start the season. They started 0-6, then 1-7, and then they won 13 in a row. So they looked really good from that. But how have they been since those two like vast extremes and obviously the A's are on a six game winning streak right now. So it might not be like the best time to actually get like uh, actual data, but the, the streaks so far since that 13 game win streak, they've lost two games in a row, four times. They've lost three games in a row twice and they've lost one game, just, just one game. And then they got back into the win column six times. So they're avoiding like just lengthy, they're not even making it a full turn through the rotation uh, to get that next win. And meanwhile, the Arizona Diamondbacks on Wednesday night tied the longest road losing streak of all time at 22 losses in a row. On Thursday, they get to try and get in the win column because they're throwing Zach Gallen, who, you know, he's he's a very good pitcher. Uh, they're throwing him against the, the Giants ace, Kevin Gaussman. So... Uh, that's going to be some must-see TV. You might see history at 1245 local time, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I just thought that those were some interesting stats to throw at you and uh, you know get, get you into the podcast that way. But coming up, uh, we're talking about some tweets, which is something that I don't usually do, but uh, sometimes I have to. So uh, stay locked in with Locked on A's, and I'll be right back. 
Stonks, memes, rocket chips. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. And investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, and Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. And Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on mlb all you need is five hundred dollars to get started and you can grow your wealth the easy way and let wealthfront do the work for you to get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life go to wealthfront.com slash locked on mlb that's w-e-a-l-t-h-f-r-o-n-t.com slash locked on mlb to start growing your savings, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe or follow or whatever you need to do to get this podcast in your ears every single day. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. Actually, scratch that. I am by Jason B in the Green Room app. They just changed that today. So if you have the Locker Room app, uh, just update your Locker Room app. And it is now the Green Room app partnered with Spotify. And I'm going to be going live on that sucker today. Uh, probably before my talk with uh, Stacy Gatsoulias, that's at 1230 local time. So uh, we're going to be doing our Locked On A's and Yankees crossover. So I'll probably do it before then as I'm researching for this uh, for this crossover. So that'll be a lot of fun. So make sure to join me on that. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, in, the, in the green room talk, I'll be going over trade candidates and stuff like that. And, you know, just fielding some questions because uh, trade deadline is part of my favorite time. I love rumors and I love all that stuff. Um, I don't like hearsay, which I'm going to get into with uh, Ryan Spader here in a second. But first, I want to talk about the tweet that Ben Ross uh, sent. And he just tweeted out at MLB. He came with the fire at MLB tweets about today's game. And he has Angel six A's nothing. And the A's at that point were winning the game. And uh, they had just had a, a crazy sixth inning and all that stuff. And uh, you, you'd seen a couple of uh, Jose Iglesias plays and the Shohei Otani home run and, you know, in full like HD. And um, there no nothing about the A's who, uh, as I said in the first segment, have the most wins in baseball. So that's just fun. Um, I know that the A's are a smaller market team, but the Angels are not a good team. So maybe we should focus on the good teams because you might actually see them in October. Um, and I love Shohei Otani, but there is a little bit of a fatigue factor when they're facing specifically the A's or, you know, other good teams. You know, if he's facing the White Sox and he happens to hit home run, home run or something like that, if he goes like one for 12 in a series, they're going to push the crap out of that one, that one home run or that one double or whatever he does in that series because Shohei Otani is extremely marketable. He's a lot of fun to watch, but at the same time, there are other players and other storylines besides just show Hey Otani. So I don't know what they're doing with that. Um, for me, and, and I know that it's partially because I'm an A's fan, but I love hearing the stuff that you don't usually hear about. You usually hear about the Yankees and the Mets and, you know, all these teams. But, uh, you know, I, I like knowing about like Jazz Chisholm from the from the Marlins. He's on my all-star ballot. I like him a lot. He seems like a lot of fun. Obviously, Fernando Tatis is getting a lot more pub these days, but uh, I, I like guys like that. I, I like 
guys that are just going out there and excelling on the field and the A's have that every single year. I don't know why they're not, you know, tweeting about Ramon Laureano and everything that he does on the field on a, on a very regular basis because he is thrilling to watch. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And you can't have that kind of a ratio six to nothing. The angels got swept this series and they got more tweets about them than the A's. And none of them were like, wow, what's wrong with the angels? It was like, wow, the angels are gods among men. So that's, it's weird to me. I don't get it, but you know, they're going to do what they're going to do, I guess. So that's all that I really wanted to say on that. But I really wanted to talk about this, uh, this Ryan Spader thing. Uh, he's at the, the ace of Spader on Twitter. If you want to find it, I'm not linking to it because I don't follow him. I don't necessarily care for his stuff, but people do. And he got so many retweets today. And uh, I'll, I'll get into that here in a second, but I'm just going to go through this thread and read some of the ones that st stood out to me. And it starts off with everything that I am about to say was verified by more than one player. I do not mean to burn anyone. And I love baseball. I've just had enough of this BS. Uh, so, ooh, oh boy, he's coming because he loves baseball. You guys. Um, <laughs> maybe I should do a dramatic read on all these. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Uh, so the first one is the Royals were the first team with a full analytics and video department close by their dugout doing so in 2015, their first world series championship year, how they used it. I do not know. And, uh, okay. So there's two things that are just standing out to me and it's kind of going to be the, the theme for this entire thing is, uh, one, he doesn't know how, how this was used. Uh, two, he also replied to this tweet later. It was like, Hey, somebody reached out from that team and actually said that every team had one by that point, but he's trying to, you know, dox the, the Kansas city Royals right here without having any other information besides, uh, that they had a video room. So obviously, you know, just like the Houston Astros, they were cheating and it's not that the Astros had a video room. It's that they had a video room and relayed things to people in real time with nobody on base. That is why the Astros stand out. And if it's not if you could take away the cheating, they still have a really crappy clubhouse culture and just, you know, just culture in the entire organization from, you know, the, the Brendan Taubman uh, incident with, you know, him yelling at women in their faces about Roberto Osuna, who they traded for. And he was a noted domestic abuser, but they could get him for cheap. So whatever. And then Jeff Luno and all of his uh, practices. They're not a fun organization to root for. That's why people don't like them. They've never apologized. They weren't reprimanded at all. So that's why people don't like the Houston Astros. It's not necessarily the cheating. So he's basically just, he sent out a bunch of tweets and it's like, oh, Astros fans are like, see, everybody was doing it. We're fine now. And that's not the case. There's a lot more that goes into it than just having an analytics department next to your dugout or whatever. And also that the first tweet that, you know, everything that I'm about to say has been correct corroborated by one player. I don't know how much you guys know about like journalism or anything. And I'm not a journalist. I just uh, talk into a microphone for half an hour a day and some people like it. But uh, I do know that you need at least a couple of sources to corroborate a story. And he's saying that there is more than one, which is not filling me with confidence that it's a number higher than two. And usually you would like a lot more players than just two that are saying something. And especially if it's off the record and he's protecting his sources, then who, who the hell cares? Mike Fires put his name on it and people hate him for it. But uh, there was a lot more people that said something about it. So it wasn't just Mike Fires. He is just the poster boy of, you know, snitching or whatever. So uh, there, there's a lot to 
question about what Ryan Spader was tweeting out. And I think that it's ridiculous. I don't believe it necessarily because, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't sound right. Uh, maybe two players have said something and nobody else has reported on this. And it's a lot of, well, look at this thing. This is the thing that the Astros got killed for. So obviously everybody's cheating. Ah, and then the, the, the Yankees had cameras in left center and right, all pointing to the pitcher's glove rather than the catcher to pick up his grip. Uh, yeah, that's another. And then he's like, oh, Aaron Judge from 2017 to 2018 and, you know, on the home, uh, on the road and all that stuff. And yeah, he had home and road splits, but is this like a thing that is always happening or th were they using it? Or is it just like, here are two disconnected things. I'm connecting them for you. And then you can make up your mind that that's not how this is supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, you got Dodgers stuff in here. Um, and Chase Utley is the biggest cheater of all time. Sure. Prime doesn't surprise me. That guy did not look great. He has this one saying that the Astros sign stealing in quotes, sign stealing uh, method all came from Beltron, uh, New York and Texas, which I think that we already knew. Yeah. And then they put it on steroids and made it so that they could, you know, hit trash cans. That's the difference. That's the difference. You guys, uh, the D backs using hum uh, humidor balls. Yeah. We, we already knew that one. Um, he has this one about the, the twins at the Metrodome, which isn't at all relevant, I don't think, because they haven't played in the Metrodome is, since, what, like 2010? Or, yeah, something like that. They haven't been there in a while, so that one's outdated, but sure, let's just say that everybody's cheating, and then therefore the Astros aren't, they're, they're, they were the poster boys of the the whole cheating scandal, and this is ridiculous. Ah, no, they, every, we know that other teams were cheating, but they were singled out because of how they did it. Others, you know, like the, the Red Sox had their, their watches and stuff, but they weren't doing it in real time with nobody on base. That is where people draw the line. That is the difference. That is why they're getting everybody's ire, e even all these years later. Well, partially because we just found out about it late 2019 or, you know, early 2020. So that is why this is happening. It's not because of the cheating necessarily. It's because of everything that goes with the cheating. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot more to it. And I uh, had to give you guys my thoughts. Uh, they're, they're still there. They're, he's super stoked that he's been getting retweeted by Barstool and stuff like that. So uh, sure. Ryan Spader, great guy. Cool dude trying to make a name for himself uh, with literally no sources that you can point to and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, there was also one about uh, Adrian Beltre with uh, there, there was a guy in dead center field, dead center field at, you know, in Texas waving a, a, a shirt to tell him what pitches were coming. And that's why he was so good in like 2019 or whatever the hell year it was. And uh, that one's funny because one of our, uh, one of our Oakland A's fans are like, where in, at the Texas ballpark, would he be in dead center field because it's just grass? And there was a picture and I thought that was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, just do some thinking for yourself when you're reading these and be like, hey, I don't know that I believe this guy. Maybe he's just trying to get followers and retweets and, uh, you know, all that stuff because it's still a hot button topic. And also baseball is having such a fun two days. Uh, two days ago, it was all about sticky stuff and, you know, old oh, spin rates and everybody's cheating and, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, yesterday we got to relitigate the Astros cheating scandal. So social media is fun, isn't it? Well, at least the A's won. That, that was a good time. But uh, coming up on the show, I'm talking about James Caprillion and Diolos Guerra. I got a couple of stats that I think stand out. And one reason why I'm fairly excited about the James Caprillion Yankee start. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back.
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, the NBA that has their playoff season going, the NHL, the Golden Knights lost, so I'm in a great mood tonight. And also, they got UFC or MMA action. If you want to bet on uh, whoever is going to punch out Logan Paul at some point, they can give that to you too. And so, before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Uh, the Jazz lost, so they're down 3-2 to two to the Clippers. So those money lines have got to have changed in the last 24 hours. So if you want to place a bet on the Jazz making a big comeback, don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs in the playoffs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on and that is why everybody says that bet online are your online sportsbook experts this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or dealership? Why not support Rock Auto? They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need from brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. And if you like this podcast, you might also like the Locked On Today podcast, where today they are talking about the Atlanta Hawks being up 3-2 on the Philadelphia 76ers. Raise your hand if you saw that one coming. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And also make sure to follow us wherever you get, you know, your your, your those podcasts, our podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, follow the Locked On Ace podcast podcast to follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the green room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to locked on athletics at gmail.com. So I got a couple of quick things that I wanted to get to before I let you go for the day. And uh, the first thing is Diolas Guerra. Uh, one, one thing that stood out to me is uh, he hasn't pitched this month, which is very, very odd. And I was like, is it because he's been like using sticky stuff and they're trying to like get him ready or what's the deal there? And I haven't really been able to figure out, you know, his spin rate is above average, but it's not, you know, ridiculously high. It's like a 2,400 RPMs, which is fine. It's just a slightly higher than Trevor Bauer before he started using the sticky stuff. So it's not like outlandish and his velocity hasn't really gone up. Um, and so I don't think that it's sticky stuff. I think that the A's have just been winning too many games and they, they haven't had a spot form in the last 17 days. Um, they, they've given him opportunities in, you know, closer games with the game on the line or, you know, you need to hold him to, you know, one run or no runs or something like that. And he hasn't succeeded in those. So maybe they're just, you know, holding them back. They don't need a long inning reliever because the A's starting rotation has been fantastic the entire month of June. So 
there hasn't really been a spot for him, I think, personally. And also, the other thing that could be playing into why he hasn't been getting into the game is that he has been fantastic against left-handed batters this season. He has a zero ERA in 12 innings pitched against solely lefties. I know that he has like a 3-3-3 on the season overall, but he has a zero ERA against lefties in 12 innings. He's given up two hits, struck out 14, and has allowed zero walks. So it's not like he's just walking all the lefties and getting them on base or anything like that. He's just been dominant against them. And his batting average against against left-handed batters is zero or point zero fifty four, which is ridiculously low. Zero fifty four is the batting average against Verdiolos Guerra on lefties. And uh, he also has a whip against lefties of zero point one seven. I don't know that I've seen a whip like that before. Oh my God. So you want him against lefties. That's so he might not pitch in New York either, which leads me to my my big stat for uh, James Caprillion here, and that is because he against right-handed batters, which the Yankee lineup is mostly righties. According to Roster Resource, they have three guys on their entire roster right now that are left-handed bats, and one of them doesn't even play every day. They got Rugnet Odor, Brett Gardner, and Tyler Wade, who, and Tyler Wade is a bench bat. They'll probably put him in on, you know, at some point, but uh, maybe against James Caprillion because they've seen these stats too. But uh, the the main guys that they have in that lineup, Glaber Torres, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, uh, the other guy that's also really good, Aaron Judge, that's the one. He's really good. Uh, all of their big monster bats, right-handed bats. And James Caprillion against righties this season is giving up a batting average against of 131 with a 217 on base. He has been very, very good. I know small sample size, the competition hasn't necessarily been Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton, but at the same time, that looks like he's doing something right. And his slider is the big reason for that. If you go over and look at his baseball savant page, his slider has a batting average against of .080. He has an 080 batting average against on his slider, which he throws primarily to right-handed batters. So the key for James Caprillion in this game against the New York Yankees, I know that he's had a little bit of an issue with walks. He's got to be able to control that slider because if he can get that slider and get nobody to be able to hit it or, you know, get a hit off of it, he's going to have success in Yankee Stadium. The Yankees are the team that drafted him. They traded him to the A's. He might have, he seems like a big game guy where he likes going into, you know, his first start was in Fenway. He was fantastic in Fenway. He gave him five innings. That's all that they needed from James Caprilli. And in his first start, maybe we can get six or seven out of him against the Yankees, but it feels like he is a big game guy. He thrives on facing those big names. And you think that he wants to go shove it, shove it on the Yankees right now. I think that he might be up for this game. So if he can just control his pitches and not allow free passes, I think that he is going to be absolutely dominant against the Yankees on Friday in Yankee stadium. I'm very much looking forward to this game. And uh, I know that I don't usually make bold predictions like this, but Hey, the stats are telling me something. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But 
what I'm seeing, it looks like he should be good if he's got some decent control. So uh, I'm very excited about this one. I'm going to be crossing over with Stacy Gotsulius for Friday's episode. Haven't recorded it yet, but we'll be recording it maybe by the time you hear this. And uh, that'll be Friday's episode is just that crossover. I just wanted to give you that one James Caprillian stat because sometimes the crossovers go a little bit off the rails and it's more like a state of the team as opposed to, uh, you know, previewing the series. So I wanted to get that in there for you today before I do my crossover with Stacy. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. We have also not done a crossover because the Yays and Yankees did not play last season. So very excited to talk to her for the first official time. And uh, you guys will be hearing that on Friday morning. So that's what that's that's all. I guess that's all that I got for you guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.